crazy. What's up, guys? My name is Evan Duvall. This is Easy Does It. Thank you for joining us. All right, what's up, guys? We're sitting here with Paul Souza, and uh, we pulled in here to Carpinteria, California yesterday um, on the road. Didn't really know what to expect in this town and uh, pulled over to knock out some laundry and we're cruising down this alley and looked into Paul's shop here and uh, couldn't help but notice the aesthetic and what a cool spot you've got here set up at STP Screen Printing. And uh, we decided to poke our heads in and say hi. And it seemed like, you know, you've got a really interesting story and set up here and uh, I'm excited to, to get into it and hear about how you got here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Evan. And uh, glad you guys stopped by yesterday on your skateboard and your roller skates <laughs> rolling up and down the alley. I know, we had a couple couple hours to kill, so <laughs> we were like, well, we might as well learn some tricks and play a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so. very cool. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I was never really interested in screen printing, never really thought about screen printing as a, you know, as a career choice. Um, was never real, never really considered myself an artist or or a business person either. Mm -hmm. But um, I was, uh, yeah, I had just moved out here from Massachusetts, and I was in the golf industry. I was okay. working at a country club as the assistant golf pro there, and um, I decided that I just uh, needed to get away for a while. So mm -hmm. I did some traveling. This was in the early '90s, traveling through uh, Europe. Okay, backpacking through Europe came back and um, at the time my girlfriend was working at a t-shirt warehouse locally mm -hmm. and she said oh I've got a you know I've got one of my customers who needs some help so you know this is where I ended up helping her here yeah this business was uh, originally opened in the 1970s she was the second owner this is uh, 1992 I was helping around 93 mm -hmm. and um, so I, I helped her out for a few months and you know she wanted out and uh, I wanted in and it was yeah. a real smooth transition so I took this place over in uh, November of 1993 and uh, still doing it 29 years later wow it's <laughs> awesome man and yeah I love I love screen printing because there is an art to it and it's a process and I think it's one that you know should and needs to be respected you know in a lot of different forms um, you know as industry and and technology you know makes things more accessible online i think it's really important um that we remember that there's small businesses that can get the job done and and um you know i think what i you know perceived yesterday was that you you take enough business to where it's still you get a personal connection with the customer and and um you know develop a relationship there and and um, that's able, you know, to support your life and give you enough freedom to, to keep traveling, like as we spoke about yesterday, um, which is really cool. But also doing something creatively, you know, and, 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 you know, involving yourself in that process and tuning in and just focusing on the task at hand. I think it's really, really a healthy way of living. Yeah, it's um, it, when I first uh, got involved with the business, I. I really, the, the first thing that I really enjoyed was um, the customer base, mm -hmm. you know, building the customer base and, uh, you know, working with different types of people, different, every, every job was different. Um, so there was, uh, uh, there was a bit of monotony in the actual production process. Sure. 
but uh, outside of that, it was uh, to me. I, I just loved, uh, you know, just working with uh, lots of different types of people, mm-hmm. and um, it was. Uh, that's what kind of really sucked me into it. You know, yeah. working on different, different, uh, you know, different designs. The, the screen printing, the, the advent of screen printing really, um, you know, modern day screen printing, is it, it's really not that old. It mm-hmm. came from, uh, uh, you know, San Francisco in the 60s. Mm-hmm. That's when it really exploded. And uh, the process is pretty much the same today yeah. as it was back then. Of yeah. course, there's a lot of... Uh, you know, digital uh, printing now, which is, uh, which is, you know, really, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 I'm, I, I'm doing it the old school way. I'm rowing boats every day and I'm getting exercise, but, um, there's a lot of really, uh, you know, there's a lot of really good stuff going on in the industry today. Yeah. No, I'm actually, uh, wearing a custom shirt by a friend, Jason Etherly today in honor of, uh, the shop and, <laughs> and, uh, there's only like 50 of these made, but, you know, I think in recent years I've, I've paid more attention to, you know, supporting artists, especially through my platform and learning, you know, what all goes into these processes and stuff, but, you know, also just in how you present yourself and, and you can do that, you know, usually, in the same term, you know, of events of mm-hmm. where you shop, how you shop, the way, you know, that you engage with the community. And, and, um, I think it's, it's cool to, you know, to make sure that, you know, you, yes, there is a Vista print or whatever online that can get right. it to your door in two days, but what's going into that, you know, and, and, you know, how can you help your community locally? Because there's almost always a way to get it done locally. So, but I, I also, you know, I, I love that you said that, you know, the, the customer base is what got you into it because it's something also I've observed about just people's careers in general is people that are looking for that, they want to navigate a career based on relationships. There's so many different form and formats of that. And so when people, you know, whether they're, um, you know, a screen printer or a barista or a bartender, you know, um, sales or whatever it is. I see a lot of people just navigating relationships and at the end of the day, that's how they get paid. It's yeah, cool. absolutely. Yeah. My first job when I moved to uh, Santa Barbara from the East coast was, mm-hmm. uh, was bartending. Mm-hmm. I bartended while I was in college back there. So, uh, yeah, I just, you know, I enjoyed that, you know, the interaction with, uh, you know, the, the whole cross section of, uh, of society. Yeah. And I, so, uh, yeah, so I still have that here and, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm able to get some freedom too. Mm-hmm. um, to, to, uh, you know, I, I did a lot of my own designs early on. Now I'm just, you know, I'm just doing stuff for other people mostly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but there is a lot of freedom within having your own business. Yeah. You know. Some days I will be working uh, de- late into the night, sure. you know, burning the midnight oil, and mm-hmm. and then I'll just disappear for long periods of yeah. time when it's when the business is really slow. So yeah, there's ebb and flow to for it for sure. You know, and, and it's not for everybody. There's a lot of people who need that, you know, that paycheck every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Know how much they're going to be getting every mm-hmm. two weeks, and and I don't know what I'm going to be getting every two weeks. Right. Sometimes it's a big fat zero, and sometimes yeah. you know the money rolls in. So yeah, just have to be. You know, I really have to learn how to budget your your money. Definitely over long periods of time. Yeah, and I also think of you know, in a way, just 
becoming attuned to your momentum as well. So when things are rolling and money's coming in, leaning into it, maybe working longer days while you have that motivation so that you're not, you know, beating your head on the ground <laughs> when, yeah. when you need something to happen or need something to come through. And then that way, you know, by giving yourself and showing yourself a little grace, then you're actually able to enjoy whatever it is you do and then give yourself a break when you need to. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people don't like we're saying, you know, some people need that structure. Um, but there's a lot of people that, you know, also want freedom on the other side. And there's, there's a lot of sacrifices that come with that. Um, and like we we're talking about yesterday by living in the van, you know, it's like, well, what what comforts are you willing to sacrifice? You know, right, sure. Is it really a sacrifice at all? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's yeah, the, the right. conversation we were having yesterday. Is yeah, like, yeah. Well, I don't I don't really think it is. You know, some days more than most, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. Um, in the end, it's it's always worth it. To sure. Know. Yeah. Some people, you know, it's all the you know you got to make that list the pros and cons and for you know like you said for some people there are certain aspects of the van life and mm -hmm. the and the, and the sole proprietorship scene mm -hmm. here uh, that, you know, that is that could be viewed as a sacrifice to some people, but you and I may not right. see it that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just is. And yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's beautiful. Um, you know, I think like what, what I was speaking about earlier was kind of, um, you know, figuring out, asking people what, you know, success means to them, you know, and like, you know, for some, that's just sustaining a certain quality of life and getting good food and, you know, like just having um, something that they can dedicate their time to. For others, you know, it's this never ending, unreachable, you know, uh, goal, you know, that's always always chasing that rabbit down the trail. Mm -hmm. You know, so I always like to ask people. It's come up several times in interviews where, you know, I've asked a musician like, hey, where, where do you want to go with all this? And they're like, well, I don't want a record deal. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> success for them is just making music. Sure. You know, so I think it's it's unique for us to ask and listen and and see what drives people and motivates people. And and um, yeah, I'd like to hear kind of what that means to you. Yeah. Um I'd have to say the first word that came to mind for me is uh, balance. Mm. Just having a, a balance between um, between ha running this place and having being able to disappear for two or three months a year, yeah. and have that total freedom—the freedom that you guys have in your van—that mm -hmm. feeling of just you know going to the other side of the world with a backpack and just see what happens—that sort of thing. So when I first took over this business, I realized that at the beginning of the year, every year I had a block of time where there was really nothing going on. Mm -hmm. And we all know how expensive uh, Santa Barbara uh, yeah. Carpinteria is. Mm -hmm. So I decided, I'm, well, I'm gonna you know, spend some time you know, exploring some countries in, uh, in Asia. So I started doing that you know, probably I'd say that 95, 96 was the first time I went. Yeah, the dollar could go a little farther over there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I started doing that, and that, and when I did that, I realized, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is kind of where I want to go mm -hmm. with my with my whole life, you know, s just spending part of my time here, and you know, a good chunk of my time in there too. Yeah. So I started doing that, and. Yeah, haven't stopped. Yeah, just, you know, took a few years off here and there, you know, um, but taking my daughter to Asia now and 
So yeah, it's been uh, it, it's been good. So yeah, going going back to the original question, freedom, mm-hmm. balance, um, creativity. Uh, I enjoy what I'm doing now, but uh, you know, it's uh, you know I'm rowing boats every day. Yeah. So it's uh, it's definitely uh, you know physical grind. Yeah. And I'm not sure how much longer I I want to deal with that part mm-hmm. of it, but uh, yeah. Yeah, man, I, th- I think that's cool, especially like just traveling and seeing how people, you know, shape their careers and lives. And we were talking about how you, you traveled in Europe and, you know, I've got a, a lot of European and Aussie friends and and traveling and holiday is so common over there. And, you know, there's something about the U.S. that it's just such a grind culture of just, you know, two weeks paid vacation, you know, nine yeah. to five job. Sure. And, you know, for me, like that's that's my worst nightmare. I mean, I, I worked <laughs> much more consistently and much longer days in the, in the military and in the Navy. And I knew that I needed more freedom and, mm-hmm. and I'd be willing to you know give myself that structure. Um, at the end of the day, discipline isn't a problem to buck up and get a job done. But, you know, on the other side of that, I think that's almost easier to do. You know, the checking in and making sure that you have balance and have freedom. Sometimes that's the hardest work, you know, of yeah. being able to be honest with yourself or, you know, pull out when you need a break and, you know, to buy that ticket or whatever. So anybody that's consistently done that and given themselves that, I mean, there's all the kudos in the world. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, will say, oh, oh you're going to, you know, Cambodia for three months. How? That's, you know, so nice. How nice is that? You know, and you're like, oh, I can sit here and explain to you how hard I worked the other nine months. But, you know, right. like, I'm not going to do that either. <laughs> so, um, yeah, most people w- w- wouldn't say how nice they'd say, w- w- what, what are you doing? Yeah. You're insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. Isn't it dangerous? Yeah, yeah, that? right. <laughs> but no, I think, man, I mean, as as willing as we are to, you know, change things up and lean into the unknown and and um you know acknowledge fear you know it i think that's our potential and and how good and how expansive this life is and um yeah like you're saying setting us up setting ourselves up to do that is is everything um you know i i see myself going a similar direction where like if i'm going to build a business i'm going to build it the way that you know i uh i want to live you know, I want to build it around that. I want to be able to work remotely. I want to be able to take time off and ideally, you know, building it on a model like, you know, with a holiday, a six month holiday or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see why it's not doable. And also, you know, just being able to make calls and, you know, still engage with your customer base while you're remote is yeah. pretty interesting that the world's just opened up with. Absolutely. One, one of the, uh, you know, one of the positive things that came out of this uh, COVID mess is is the advent of uh, working remotely. Definitely. And um, that's that's just uh, opened so much up for people to live yeah. anywhere in the world. Of course, depending on what type of work they do, but mm-hmm. you know, you could literally live anywhere in the world and and work remotely yeah. in some cases, which is total yeah, heaven. I know it. <laughs> yeah, it made it a lot more realistic. You know, especially on the the tech side. Um, and now it seems like there's just not a lot going back. You know, we're, 
we're driving around a lot of parts of LA and Pasadena and like there's parts of town that almost look abandoned, you know, and it's all this excess, you know, business and corporate, uh, real estate that's just really not being used. You know, there's nobody commuting. There's nobody really, everybody's working from home and it's interesting just how fast things change like that. And it seems like it's going to sustain itself. And, you know, I think it unplugged a lot of people from that rat race that, you know, they were, they were just, you know, ready for uh, some change, and, and we got it. You know, like we said, that's one of the good things that came out of all of that that mess. But, yeah, I think um, I want to I go back to kind of the early days. It sounds like you kind of just stumbled upon this and just kind of, um, you know, followed one clue after the next. You know, what what was the transition? You know, I know my story, and I know that, there was a point in my life where I knew the answer to everything. I had a plan. I was the one that was going to make it happen no matter what. And it just always seemed to not work, you know, and now my life seems to be going better. The more I listen and the more I stay out of my own way. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm interested to say, you know, to ask, uh, you know, what was that transition point? You know, was it, coming out of school or traveling where you were your mind kind of open to the possibility of listening and just kind of going with the flow or has that always been your role um i i've never felt i I had a corporate job Mm -hmm. back in uh massachusetts after i got out of college and i just you know never felt comfortable in it yeah and uh and when I first moved out here, the you know the the attitude, the California um, lifestyle just suited me. Yeah. And uh, I I had a job at uh, Montecito Country Club, mm-hmm. and uh, my boss was. Uh, that was the golf golf pro. That was the golf. Yeah. Yeah. So the golf pro there, um, I don't know how else to describe him, but uh, just a bitter old man. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just a really bad. We all know him. <laughs> And it was a really bad experience for a year and a half when he was around, when he wasn't there, it was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I walked away from that job just saying, I just can't work for anybody anymore. Mm-hmm. So that was the impetus. That was yeah. the favor he did for me. Uh, and yeah, so, you know, 30 years later, I'm so, haven't had a boss. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Just needed that push. Yeah. yeah. I needed the same thing. You know, I, I'd like to acknowledge that it like, I don't have any regrets. I don't, I don't think I made any mistakes or would change anything about my life, but I do like to think about different phases and what I learned and, and how I grew as a person. And, you know, there, I mean, there's some shitty environments that I was in that, you know, I knew I didn't fit in or want to be in, and you know, under that contract of the U S Navy, I just had no choice and who I worked with and where and how, you know, and, and, um, you know, I think I needed that push and that that opportunity to observe, you know, leadership in all different formats. And and, uh, you know, everybody's had good bosses and bad bosses. And, you know, I remember a lot more about the bad bosses than <laughs> than I do the good ones. And I, right. I think that's interesting. Or, you know, I guess any type of leader, you know, coaches. Um, that really had an impact on me. I had some great coaches, yeah. you know, growing up, but I remember them less than yeah. I remember the bad ones. Right. That were it's just uh, it's just like gambling. You remember yeah. those losses, man. Yeah. Those hit you hard. Yeah, the big losses when you're gambling. It's pain, really. You know, it's like the the 
best way to remember something is to, <laughs> you know, really put yourself through the ringer and For it'll sure. stick with you. Yeah. So, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? No, you know, no. As long as it's not haunting you and, and, and as long as it's um, propelling you and not holding you back. Yeah, or remaining attached to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's a lot of things in our lives that are formative and, um, you know, but if you remain attached to all of that in some way, I think we almost anchor ourselves instead of, you know, moving forward. And um, I, I don't know, I try to think of it in a sense of having, you know, a certain amount of capacity, you know, in my physical being and in my life um, to where if I'm able to let go or just acknowledge things as that that were, mm-hmm. you know, that are no longer, um, you know, really reality. You're just able to move on and let go, and then you you continue to expand. And you know, if you if you call everybody your best friend from you know grade school, and and then how many new friends are you gonna meet or you know come into your life? You know, or is it is there some phases of life where you can just acknowledge it as just that? And then, you know, keep moving and open your heart to, to new relationships, new opportunities, new experiences and all these things and keep that capacity moving forward. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what that's what growth is about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, I got plenty of grade school friends that, you know, the only reason they're my friend is because they lived, you know, yeah, four or five year. doors house, down from me. You know, we yeah. have zero in common now. Yeah. And there's other kids that, you know, I, I go back to Massachusetts and I see them. We just pick up, you yeah. know, <laughs> 20 years later, pick up right where we left yeah. off. So, but yeah, we're always evolving and changing. Hopefully we are. Mm-hmm. But um, that is the goal. Yeah. So tell me more about Cambodia. I mean, why why did, was it Cambodia in the first place? Or, you know, it seems like that's a place you keep going back to. And, and um, yeah, I mean, that's it's not a story you hear every day. So right. it's, it's not a it's not a quick trip. <laughs> no, it's not. I was uh, I was in it was 98 and I was in Vietnam and traveling through Vietnam. I met some guys from New Zealand and we traveled together and I was ready to come home, said, I'm, you know, I'm out, you guys enjoy the rest of your trip. And they, were, and they said, we're going to Cambodia, you, you might want to come with us, it's supposed yeah. to be really cool. And back in 98, not many people were going to Cambodia, it was, yeah. a, it was a pretty dark place. They were coming mm-hmm. out of the whole uh, Pol Pot, um, uh, just the genocidal mm-hmm. times, and it was, uh, I mean, it, there weren't many people going there at all. So I, um, I changed my flight, you know, went to Cambodia for uh, it wasn't long trip I think I, I it was about a two week uh, I, I extended my trip for two weeks went to Cambodia with these guys and um, just yeah I just kind of was really intrigued by it mm-hmm. it was um, back then Phnom Penh was mostly dirt roads mm-hmm. and uh, now it's just a huge city yeah but it was very very different and uh, I just noticed that there was a real uh, a dark cloud over the over the people there mm-hmm. this is just you can tell what they've they've been through so much yeah and uh so anyway that was 98 and uh i continued traveling through asia every year after that for you know quite a few years mm-hmm. but didn't go back to cambodia and um i i um Jereen, my girlfriend and i decided to go back to uh to asia mm-hmm. And um, so we went to Cambodia 
and just started traveling around and uh, just completely different from what it used to be. But there was seemed to be a new kind of uh, optimism there. Mm. They, had yeah. got, they had gotten through the whole uh, genocidal times and there was a, a youthful optimism. There were a lot of young, yeah. the young kids there. There was a, actually a generation that was kind of missing mm -hmm. because of the, uh, the Pol Pot, Pot uh, uh, Khmer Rouge. Mm -hmm. And um, so there were some really old people and really young people. And I found it really strange and interesting. We were traveling around. We went into the south, and we found this little village down there. We were going to hang out there for three days, and we ended up spending, like, over three weeks there. Wow. And just fell in love with it. And we keep going back there every year, except for the COVID year. We've been going back there, um, I guess, seven last seven or eight years wow. now. That's and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great place. It's on the southern tip of Cambodia, and there's just a you know a lot of people from all over the world that uh, that have kind of found this place and and just kind of fell off the grid. Mm -hmm. Spending much that much time there, have you, does it feel like a second home? Kind of returning now? Yeah, absolutely yeah. does. I, I've been able to uh, meet a lot of people there, so it's it is when yeah. I go back there, it's reunion. It, yeah, for sure. That's awesome. It is a second home. I was able to. Um, I met a woman there who was just extraordinary. She um, she runs a she 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 took me to this field, a big empty field, and said, "I'm going to build a school here for the, for the kids in this village." Mm -hmm. um, and this was this was a remote area. This is about you know f about 45 minutes to an hour on narrow dirt roads from the closest town. So yeah. this is remote. Wow. And um, I said, "Oh, that's great." So I went out there uh, the following year, and mm -hmm. and uh, was a, she had built the school within, wow. that, within that time. Yeah, that's a beautiful place. And um, she, you know, she built it with all natural materials, and uh, you know, she has wine bottles all over the school. So cool. when you go inside, just, just the, lit up. Yeah, it's totally lit up and colored colored glass. And uh, she's an amazing woman. So we 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 talked for a while, and. Um, Turns out uh, we have a mutual friend. Mm -hmm. One of my poker buddies is oh, yeah. it, it knows her. Wow. Total small what world. Small world. Um, so, so that at, at that time I started getting involved with the school. Mm -hmm. And so every year when I go out there, I I bring a box full of shirts and yeah. or hats. Yeah. So when I'm traveling, I've got these the like suitcases monster boxes, boxes <laughs> with me and. Um, and strapping them onto these little hundred cc motos yeah. <laughs> and going through the jungle and getting out, you know, it's little it's tuck tucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, um, so I've been doing that every year since. So every year, I before I go out there and you know, send her a text and what do you need? So, yeah. You know, so she her the school's about 80, 80 to ninety kids. Wow. So That's I try awesome. I try to bring out school uniforms which I print right here. Yeah. And uh, hats to them. So. That's awesome. Yeah, I'd love to make it back over to, to Asia in some capacity. I was stationed in Japan for two years, and, and then I deployed out of there like six times um, over the course of two years, like shorter deployments. But, um, yeah, I mean, we were supposed to pull into Vietnam, and at the time we were, we were war gaming or whatever you want to call it with China pretty hard. And yeah. so Vietnam decided that, you know, maybe – Maybe not the best time for uh, for us to pull in. Like a day before we pulled into Vietnam, they canceled our port. 
and I was oh. so upset. You oh. know? Thankfully, I'd learned that lesson enough times to where I, uh, how's it going, man? Thanks, Fred. Um, so, yeah, I'd learned that lesson enough times to where I would always just print off copies of friends' hotels on the ship, so I wouldn't invest any money because <laughs> I was so used to ports getting canceled. Right. But that uh, that deployment, Vietnam, told us to basically go away. Uh, Thailand told us to basically go away, and then we we ended up doing like two months out at sea before we just hauled down to to australia which was pretty cool and mm. felt that much sweeter after two months at sea but yeah i'm sure what year um, was that that was 2019 okay 20 yeah 2018 2019 um but yeah, i got to pull into the philippines and several other areas over there where i just got like just these glimpses of different cultures and would hear stories of places i need to go from other expats or locals yeah. you know and man it just seemed like it's such a rich area with so much cool stuff i mean i met some girls in the philippines that were telling me about this camping music festival where everybody just like canoes out to this island and they camp for so you cool. know three days and these different surfer villages and stuff out there and there's just so much to explore and definitely definitely trying to go island hopping out there and so we'll see maybe in the next couple of years make that happen yeah i highly recommend it you know it's uh it's a great part of the world and yeah. uh you have to like the heat you know sure. people ask me about cambodia so like well if you like the dust and the heat you're going to be fine because there's dust everywhere during the dry season anyway and the rainy season you know mm -hmm. it, it just dumps it's just monsoons yeah, yeah. yeah. it's <laughs> like it's like hawaii times 10 you know it's just you know yeah monsoon just yeah. storm after storm rolling through the weather patterns they move quickly uh, there during the rainy season mm -hmm. but i do want to give a shout out to rachel uh red road foundation she's yeah. the one we would i was talking yeah, about who school. built the school and uh yeah the red road foundation just look it up I it's will. just you know Absolutely. total magic what she's doing out there sounds beautiful <laughs> she's helping so many people yeah i'd love to love to stop by if i end up in that part of the world yeah know, for sure it's cool but um well great man well uh yeah is there any any bit of advice you would give out to really anybody that's you know listening or looking to start a business or just living in this world um yeah i mean it's it all depends on who it is right it's right. it's uh it's it, like i said earlier it's not for everybody but you know if you want some freedom and you know take a risk this is a small risk mm -hmm. for me but yeah. i'm doing it on my own i'm not right. taking on employees and mm -hmm. work as comp and all a lot of the you know, a lot of the stresses and responsibilities that go along with that, mm -hmm. I'm a one-man show yeah. now. I mean, if I get some really big, big jobs, I've got a couple guys I can call who come in Contract, and help me. Yeah. yeah, so they'll come in and work with me. It, it, it really is a three-man operation when mm -hmm. I'm going full on, right. uh, really big jobs. But for, mo for, the, for me, um, it's mostly like, you know, three dozen jobs, six dozen jobs, you know, quick turnaround jobs, which I enjoy. But, um, but yeah, uh, so, you know, there's different levels of entrepreneurship mm -hmm. and how deep you want to go. And I'm yeah. just, you know, I'm definitely on the, uh, you know, the lower rung here where I can shut it down mm -hmm. and walk away for a while. Yeah. That affords you that freedom. Yeah, for know? sure. And I, that's kind of the way I wanted to structure it. And then, and, and, you know, it's worked out, but I, I say, you know, go for it. Yeah. Just go for it. Yeah. Don't look back and 
say, well, what, eh, maybe I should have tried that. I wish I had done this, done that, you know. You know, do what makes you happy. And if, if taking a chance on opening a small business or just doing something that really drives you. Mm -hmm. uh, and scares and, you. And scares you, and but gives you pleasure. And, uh, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I think that's that's the biggest lesson to learn really is, you know, I think when you see people that are really thriving, quote unquote, you know, I think it's this acknowledgement, like I said earlier, that fear is real and taking chances and, you know, betting on yourself in certain capacities. And, and that's, I think that's the most empowering thing in the world where you start to surprise yourself in a lot of ways where you're like, well, I'm, I'm still here, you know, I'm on two feet and things seem to be working out. And, and uh, but also as you, as you bet on yourself and count on yourself, then you, you learn to trust yourself and, you know, realize that everything's going to be okay if, as long yeah. as you're, like we said, ready to buck up and put in some work or whatever, but it's on you, really. Absolutely. Uh, I, uh, you know, in a way, I mean, I've been doing this for so long, but I've got friends of mine who have reinvented themselves over and over in the, mm -hmm. in the, in the last, you know, 30 years that I've been doing the same thing. So yeah. <laughs> to me, I mean, I, I have a lot more respect for those people. They, they, right. you know, they've gone from industry to industry and learned new crafts, learned new trades, and mm -hmm. I'm still doing the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I'm good at it, yeah, so yeah, it's getting easier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, in a way, it's just like people are like, oh, you run your own business. I look at it as kind of taking the easy road because yeah. I've been doing the same thing for, for so long. Yeah, I don't have while, to answer yeah, else. While in a changing world, there's so many people who, you know, their jobs become obsolete and they have to completely, re, mm -hmm. you know, learn a new craft and invent, reinvent themselves. And, you know, those are the people I have, you know, mad respect for. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, I think, you know, just any trade or craft, you know, I mean, like you're saying, having to reinvent yourself, like that can be a process, you know, and and finding that identity and finding your ground through that. And, right. and um, yeah, I have all the respect in the world for people that, you know, are moving from one aspect to the other. You know, it's been on my mind a lot, you know, as I'm moving forward and trying to um, kind of develop a curriculum for veterans transitioning out of the military. And, you know, just having that conversation with people um, that were, you know, one vets or other, you know, life coaches or athletes and all these different areas. It's, it's a very popular and common story. There's so many people that, you know, I can relate with because I've had a major transition in my life of mm -hmm. identity, you know, and, and we're not all alone in that, you know. Um, and I think we can all help each other by, you know, taking our experiences and, you know, utilizing our voices and, you know, sharing stories because there's often a lot more resonance in that than um, I, I guess we typically believe. But and there's just so much out there now, you know, as far as possibilities for people as what's available. So, you know, I, you don't have to look very far and, you know, books or texts or listen to stories where you realize that, like, you know, happiness is often you know, how much you can simplify your life, you know, don't overcomplicate things, you know, don't try to, you know, um, live, you know, in your head all the time, you know, it's, this is really a, a journey of opening your heart and navigating the world with that, and, uh, at least for me, you yeah. know, um, kind of, would you touch on kind of what your guide is, you know, I don't know if it's spiritual or, you know, um, just a, a set of principles, but um, something that helps you navigate that. 
Uh, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is the, the Buddhist philosophy. Mm -hmm. um, I was kind of drawn to that when I started going to Asia, and every time I go, I just get more drawn into it. Yeah. And that, that's given me a lot of balance in my life. Mm -hmm. It's been able to uh, really help me with uh, understanding that, you know, there's a lot of suffering in the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, compassion is something that we, we, compassion and empathy are probably at the top of the pyramid for mm -hmm. me. And uh, so I, I've, I've gotten that just from following the Buddhist uh, tenets, yeah. the Buddhist philosophy. So that, that is uh, the spiritual side of that is definitely um, uh, probably, um, uh, you know, the Dalai yeah, Lama. I, I just, you know, you know, if, uh, if we all kind of thought that way, mm -hmm. think about what kind of world we'd uh, be living in today, right? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely drawn to the Buddhist, you know, text and and principles early, you know, probably, you know, mostly because my dad had a lot of books just laying around that were dry rotting, you know, in the sun and, you know, started picking through them probably, you know, 15, 16, but it really shaped who I am to this day, you know, as far as just acknowledging that suffering is very real, you know, for a lot of, a lot of people in the world and, you know, just the human experience in general, you know, and being able, being able to find duality as well you know finding duality and everything for me you know there's always a flip of a coin is uh has helped me navigate so much in this life and will continue to when we have the ability to see it for what it is instead of what we want it to be right for sure i mean total respect to you for uh reaching out and helping these veterans i'm sure you've seen a lot of suffering in that that uh in that world and uh yeah absolute respect to you for doing that because a lot of these people just get left behind and uh yeah it's it's super formative right now just kind of conceptualizing it and just brought a team on board to kind of help me break it down all people i've met that i just have tremendous amounts of respect for um but you know like i said like it's uh it's a very relatable story you know and and the suffering isn't always as extreme as we might assume you know it's the 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 market and the the conversations that i want to have is normalizing that suff suffering is everyone you know and you know there's of course there's these cases of ptsd and you know um people that got in situations whether it's combat or you know some form of um you know trauma that you know shakes them to their core you know they're forever changed mm. um i don't think that we can't help people navigate back to their true nature and find center again i think that's that's really what the goal is but you know like i said not everybody's cases are as extreme as that like you know as we're doing research it's the conversation is shifting from okay well there's these extreme cases of ptsd and and uh, people that are homeless and um, you know not fitting into society and it's obvious well then there's the guys that everything you know from the outside looking in looks good you know and these are the types of guys and girls out there that yeah they're not they're not going to admit anything's messed up or right you know they've got everything under control and you know i i know that that way of being just as much as i know you know how to be honest with myself so i'm trying to bridge that gap and see what we can do there but yeah it's mostly just a, a project that i i know can help people um, as well as, you know, for, for me and this, this group, it's, it's also a chance to continue learning and, and challenging ourselves with what we've 
put into practice and, and structure that out and continue to grow in that way too. So, you know, again, it's, it's how do you want to spend your time? Um, and, you know, how can you take what you've learned in this life and apply it to something that can help others or be of service or um, give you that balance and freedom that you're looking for? So, yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a journey. And, and uh, thank you so much for, for welcoming us in yesterday and today and getting to know you a little better. And, and uh, yeah, like I said, as, as soon as we pulled by, I was like, oh, I definitely want to poke my head in there because <laughs> you got the setup here, man. And, and uh, yeah, we'll definitely get you some photos and stuff today for the shop. And, and uh, yeah, it's an honor. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, thank you, Evan. I really appreciate you having me. And, uh, you know, you're always welcome here. The awesome. big door is always yeah, open to you. Yeah, sweet, man. Next time we roll through. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks. All right, brother. Thank you. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women.